a Radio 191 FM podcast. And now we are joined by Mura Ungo from the Department of Economics here at Otago University for this week's instalment of Business as Usual on R1 News. Today we'll be tackling the government's budget, which was announced for 2022 just yesterday. Kia ora, Mura. How's it going? Thank you very much, Amelia. Thank you very much for having, for having me. So can we um, just talk about generally what is a government budget and why is it so crucial or such an important thing that's announced every year? Uh, of course. Uh, first of all, the government budget gets announced once a year, normally about the middle of May, and it sets out how much money or revenue the government expects to make this year and what it plans to spend it on all. So basically most of the government's money comes from the tax revenue, and think about the uh, government as a, as a household. So we have a team of 5 million, and we all chip in, and then the head of the household, the government, decides how to spend. So it pays for the essentials, like uh, social welfare, health, education, and so forth. And the budget is also a chance to find out if the government is doing a good job of running its household. So the government will either report a surplus, how much money it has left over, or a deficit, how much it's blown the budget by. And we also need to understand that it's true that a budget does not please everyone. So this is because it's a big challenge to address well-being and uh, social concerns over the short term, while at the same time taking steps for sustainable long-term economic growth. And of course, as you know, budgets are also intensely political affairs. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that was announced yesterday as part of the well-being budget was a temporary cost of living payment um, for those over 18 earning under 70k and aren't currently eligible for the winter energy payment. They'll now receive um, $350 and this will go to about 2.1 million New Zealanders. Can you tell me a bit about what sort of impact this will have and if this short-term boost will have a long-term benefit for young people in New Zealand? Sure. Uh, we have to understand that there is a growing concern in New Zealand and in many other countries about the cost of living. Mm-hmm. So life is becoming much more expensive. So let me just give you some data, some statistics. In the 12 months to March 2022, consumer price index, the CPA inflation, surged to 6.9% compared with 5.9% in last December, mm-hmm. 4.9% in September, 3.3% in June, and just 1.5% in last March, March 2021. So basically, from just 1.5% from March 2021, hope it's almost around 7%. And price increases have been led by the essential goods and services. So price increases for food, transport, and housing are particularly harmful for low-income households. So when we think about society, we think, okay, there are rich people, there are uh, middle-income people, and there are poor people. Mm -hmm. But when we really delve into the details for each segment, then we see that, for example, there are some people who wake up every day and they are just thinking about what to put and how to put dinner on their dinner table table each night. So there are really very poor segment of society, and for them, whether it is $10, $20, any transfer, uh, it helps. 
Yeah. But we also understand that this is just a, a temporary one, right? And their problems will not go away after three, four months later. So this is one thing that we have to uh, keep in mind. And if we just go a little bit to the uh, mid-income levels, then we will see people, and you can say that, okay, so $27 uh, per week will not help me anything. That's fine. That's understandable because food prices are increasing uh, and other expenditure items, their prices are also going up. So my, one suggestion, especially for the young people, or if you are going to the university and uh, eligible for this payment, then all right. So if you really do not need this, then save it. So do not touch it because it's, a, uh, it's, not, a, uh, it's not an income, it's just a tax rebate and the payment is individualized. So you will just find it in your account. So uh, if you do not have to use it, just save it. Mm -hmm. Perhaps uh, in October, November, December, when you graduate, uh, you can use it as, as a part of your uh, moving allocation expenses or others. Or maybe you will see some people in your neighborhood around yourself who really need some money. So you can just uh, help your friends or help your uh, neighbors or give it to charity. So if you think that if you do not need that money, uh, just try to save it or try to give uh, people who actually need. But again, these are temporary uh, solutions. And for some people, they are going to create some relief. But uh, inflation is with us. Inflation is not going anywhere. And that's why cost of living crisis will not be avoided or will not be sold with these temporary uh, temporary packages. Right, yeah. And so the winter energy payment that um, particular beneficiaries get is about $30 a week for the months of winter. Would a more permanent benefit for students like this be beneficial in the long run? Uh, when we think about one policy instrument, we also uh, look at the other complementary packages, as you say. So basically, in addition to this cost of living payment, there is uh, fuel due reduction, right? So basically, the government is extending the temporary reduction in fuel excise duties. Same thing for the reduction in public transport fares. So uh, another further two-month extension. And they're extending warmer Kiwi, uh, Kiwi homes, etc. So basically, if we think about all these packages together, then they can create a bit difference. Mm -hmm. For example, in large, uh, in uh, last April, uh, the government uh, provided increases for many uh, benefits, and also the government increased the minimum wage. When you think about the minimum wage and other uh, packages, just do not think them uh, by uh, one policy instrument. Try to think them as a part of policy mix. And then there are recent research, both in the context of New Zealand and in the context of United States, when we think of these individual policy tools together, then they can actually create a bit difference. Mm -hmm. So basically, getting the optimal policy mix is important here. So one instrument, one tool, will not solve the problems. But if we think of uh, getting the several instruments to help people, in an optimal way, then we can find a relief uh, for many people, in both in the short term and in the medium term. 
Right. So in view of those more general um, policy ideas, given that Aotearoa has some of the lowest core public debt in the OECD and is currently well within sustainable limits, according to the IMF, uh-huh. would the government have or could the government have spent more money in this budget? Well, uh, this is true. Uh, so basically, when we look at the debt to GDP ratio, historically there are lots of problems for countries like Spain, Greece, Japan, Italy. So their debt-to-GDP ratio is very, very high, more than 100%. So we have a, a moderate debt-to-GDP ratio below the uh, OECD average. But this doesn't mean that we don't have debt. We still have debt, and eventually someone will have to pay this debt. Right. Uh, and probably we are just shifting the burden onto the shoulders of young generations. Uh, and if you just keep spending right now, uh, you will also create inflationary pressures. So you will not just make central banks, uh, reserve banks' life easier. So that's why we have to be very careful, because when we think about economic policy and economics, it's a dynamic process. So today's decisions can create lots of problems for tomorrow. So just because we have a relatively lower debt-to-GDP ratio does not mean that uh, we just have to spend Mm-hmm. all the money to different uh, items. So we have to be very careful. We have to pick the spending uh, items very carefully. So we have to think about a little bit future and how can we increase productivity and economic growth in the future so that the debt-to-GDP ratio will not create any problem in the future for our uh, young generation. Mm-hmm. And one last question for you. Um, Act leader David Seymour uh, claimed that this announcement will create a brain drain that will see ambitious New Zealanders searching to live overseas. Is this a valid critique of the government's announcement? Uh, so forget the budget. I always tell my students the following one. Uh, it is necessary for an individual to have overseas experience. So uh, because most of you were born in uh, New Zealand, it is nice country, safe country, secure country, but it's far away from uh, the major centers, United States or Europe. And uh, you have one major advantage, which is English. So English is your native language, and uh, you can find jobs and, and other opportunities. So if you're an ambitious student, let's say, you are about to uh, graduate this year, right? And you are thinking uh, postgraduate studies, master's, PhD. For PhD, if you are ambitious, then try to go to the U.S. Then, then you will see, because here there's a small country, there's a small pool, and you really do not test your own personal limits. Then you go to the United States for PhD, for example, then you will be surrounded by other uh, smart individuals coming from India, China, Vietnam, uh, Greece, Turkey, other parts of the United States. And then you will learn from them. So it's going to be a life-enriching experience. And for job opportunities, you can always go to Australia and some other countries. Because first of all, they offer high wage rates in the short run. This is always good because you need to save some money and you need to earn some money. And after accumulating some experience in other parts of the world, and after learning, after enriching your life, you can always come back to New Zealand and then try to uh, give back to New Zealand. So regardless of this budget, it is particularly important for young individuals to explore the rest of the world, to enrich their life, to learn more from the others, and to, to, to uh, 
gain more experience, more cultural experience, personal experience, job-wise uh, experience, that education-wise experience. Then you can come back to New Zealand, and then you can go back to society. I think if you just think about a little bit long term, and that, then that this could be a, a nice decision. But it is true. So we have low wage in this country right now, and we have the productivity problem. And our productivity has been lower than the OECD average. In 1950, uh, New Zealand's labor productivity was very close to the productivity of United States and Australia. But right now it is less than 60%. Once upon a time, we were much more productive than South Korea. And right now, South Korea is much more productive than New Zealand. When people think about South Korea, the international brands, Samsung, Hyundai, come to the mind. But when people think about uh, New Zealand in outside uh, world, then they say, oh, okay, nice country, tourism, cricket, rugby. So we have to produce high uh, technology-intensive products. We have to invest in uh, innovation. We have to invest in pure research so that we can increase productivity. Once we increase our productivity, then we will increase our wage rates. Then the young people will say, okay, I'm earning enough. We are a productive country. Then we can stay in this country. But this is a long-term objective. So I think our focus, and I think this is where the budget fails, our focus should be on the long-term productivity. If we can increase long-term productivity, then wage rates will increase, and then people will do not have any incentive to go outside, and they can stay here, and they can contribute. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.